0: dot com. Today's warehouse needs to keep inventory moving smoothly and quickly. Meet these challenges with on demand warehouse labeling from Brother Mobile Solutions. Our mobile and industrial printers will help optimize your operations to achieve the speed, reliability, and durability your warehouse needs. With easy integration for existing warehouse technology, convenient portability, and upfront affordability, Brother Mobile Solutions is at your side when it comes to warehouse labeling. Try one for free today by visiting brothermobilesolutionscom new warehouse or click the link in the show notes. That's that's brothermobilesolutions.com slash new warehouse to try one for free today. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I am joined by the president and founder of Portable Intelligence, Jeff Lem. Also, the author of Your Warehouse Is Not Your Fridge, now in its second edition, which I just got a pro-mat, so we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end. But we're going to talk a little bit about portable intelligence, kind of what the next generation of warehouse management systems are, WMS, and and also smart warehouse and smart warehouse solutions that portable intelligence is coming out with as well, and what that kind of means and and how does that break down into our our current state, but also into the, the future as well as we tend to get these smarter warehouses and start to bring in these, these new solutions like AI and, and RTLS and, and different things like that. So Jeff's going to tell us all about that and, and give us a little update on portable intelligence and his, his book as well. So Jeff, welcome back to the show. How are you?
1: I'm doing good, Kevin, and thank you again for having me. It's always a lot of fun being on the, on your show
0: definitely happy to have you back on and you know it's been a little while since you you came on the show and i am curious why don't you give us kind of a a brief overview of, of portable intelligence for maybe the people that are, are not familiar
1: sure and thank you again so portable intelligence was found on the basic premise of really taking wms space to the next level and, mm-hmm. and in that regard we've created what I consider to be the smart warehouse platform, which is comprising of several key technologies, two of them being artificial intelligence and real-time locating systems or or very simply indoor tracking. So Mm -hmm. on that foundation, we've been adding that to our existing WMS solution and really pushing out what I consider to be the boundaries of what a typical WMS is considered. So we're promoting a WMS is not your grandfather's system that they've <laughs> been using, you know, five, ten years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's not your grandfather's WMS. That's pretty good. So, I, I mean, definitely, you know, obviously pushing the boundaries on on what a, a typical WMS is. I think that's a, an interesting statement there. I mean, you know, as we start to, to build out systems and, and change the way that systems look overall, sometimes they end up forming into new types of systems, potentially. So so I'm curious, you know, within the bounds of a, a WMS, however, we want to maybe define that. I, I mean, when you say you're you're kind of pushing the WMS to, to something different and in a different way, I mean, what does that really mean to you? And, and how do you think the, the shape or the definition of a WMS is kind of expanding or, or changing over time?
1: Yeah, and... I mean, when I when I got into this industry like thirty mm-hmm. years ago, and you no, know, I was shocked to see how much stuff is done manually. Right? Mm-hmm. And even though we've since deployed barcoding and Wi-Fi and wireless technologies, a lot of the processes are still very what I consider to be manual and require a lot of what I consider what I call tribal knowledge. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all in people's heads how to do a particular pick task, how to do a put away, how to do, you know, certain types of functions in the warehouse. So it's highly dependent on well-trained, tenured staff. And at the same time, there's very little accountability. You know, when you compare, you know, a typical warehouse to that of a manufacturer, a manufacturer who makes, you know, a vehicle or even a, mm-hmm. a pen or whatever, they know down to the penny. And as well as to the second, how much time and how much cost it took to make that particular product. Whereas you take a look at at your typical warehouse movement, say, move product from A to B. Mm. We have no idea how long it took, how much distance they traveled to do it. What is a typical stand for that? So in many ways, it's like a Wild West where guys get to decide, Mm -hmm. you know, what tasks they want to do and how they want to do it. And as, as you know, there's a little accountability. And as a result, warehouses are run basically on rules of thumb. You know, how many lines can we pick to an hour? You know, how many orders can we process a day? And that's basically how warehouses are run today, even with, you know, the automation that we've seen today, at least least with the barcoding and wireless that have been put in place in the last few years. So, you know, fast forward to what we're doing on the smart warehouse side is that we're creating, we're kind of, you know, creating a new frontier in the sense that we're getting down to the individual tasks themselves, Mm. uh, holding the workers accountable to what they're doing and also timing and the distribution of those tasks to the workers based on the priorities of the warehouse. So, and that's where in, in a very simple nutshell, you know, what we're doing basically is creating, you know, a new type of way of managing and viewing your workforce and also improving the efficiency at the same time.
0: Hmm. interesting yeah yeah and I think it's interesting that you, you touched on how you know it's kind of evolved over time and like you said you, you've been involved in this space in in 30 years and you know we look back and see I mean not even looking back. I mean, still we have people that are, you know, doing things very manually and and like you said, utilizing that that tribal knowledge. And I think the the big thing, like you said, there with no real accountability in a, in a sense, right? There, are you know, kind of just going off of what what we know and then what's what's been the way that we we've done it, or or working within those limits or, or constraints in, in a way without being able to to push further because we're stuck in that mindset of, you know, it's it's worked for us, right? So so why would we, you know, try something different or why would we disrupt it, right? And and I think it, it's interesting because we look at everything that's coming into the market and, you know, you mentioned some of the automation and, and robotics and even something as, as simple as, as barcoding as well are huge step forwards and the, the advancement of efficiency and, and productivity, uh, by, by harnessing those systems and, and being able to to do that so it's it's great that you guys are, are taking a look at that and and bringing in some of these these newer technologies to as you're saying create this the smarter warehouse and and a smarter wms i guess in a, in a sense too um so tell us a little bit about how like what that smart warehouse looks like and i, I think your solution is called ted right so tell us a little bit about Head and who sure. who who that is what it is I guess yeah
1: yeah Yeah. yeah I mean let's start <laughs> where where WMSs are today and mm-hmm. you know and it goes to to the way a WMS is constructed and how it thinks you know yeah. WMSs today at least most of them think along along the lines of large data points so think purchase orders mm-hmm. think work orders think sales orders right so when on the inbound side you're receiving against a purchase order. Right. So you key in the purchase order number, then you key in the line number and you start scanning away. Right. Whereas same thing on a work order that's in a a manufacturing environment. Mm -hmm. Work orders typically drive the manufacturing environment. And then same thing on customer orders or sales orders. And that's what you pick a ship against. Now, how those tasks get done, it's up to the worker. So mm-hmm. back to the purchase order example. When you receive a purchase order, you may have five lines in that purchase order. Workers can decide to go on line one, line five, line three, whatever. Same thing on the sales orders side. You get a stack of orders to pick to a worker. He may cherry pick through that the list of orders to decide right. what he wants to work on for us. If he's close to a break, he may very much decide to do the one with the fewest lines, which <laughs> may not be the one that the truck has shown up waited, ready to take that order away. So there's a right. disconnect. Fast forward to AMRs, automated mobile robots, or AGVs, automated guided vehicles. They don't think along those lines. Mm. You tell an AMR, go pick that, that work order, it doesn't know. AMRs, AGVs, they think in the line of routes, of tasks, location, mm. right? Right. So you got to be able to speak that language if you want to interface to them, right? And interfacing also means synchronizing to them. So basically, that's where SMART comes into play. SMART is going to be going to fill that gap between the AMRs and your WMS by by basically speaking the language of those pieces of automated equipment. Even if you don't get them, you need to understand – you know, in order to properly control your warehouse, you need to get down to the task level. And that's always been the trick with the WMS is that you know, most WMSs aren't set up to track even start and stop times of various tasks. Like, for example, you, right. you start your pick task, you finish your pick task. There's really no real indication as to when you actually started it and when you actually finished it. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and if you're using barcode scans, it's not always a reliable indicator of start and stop. And so... Getting down to the task level on the WMS side will allow us to basically interface and better control the whole environment, so that when you do bring in automation, and it will happen, it's also ultimately inevitable, you've got to be able to be able to tie into that piece of equipment and speak their language, as I mentioned earlier. And so, <clears throat> back to TED, which stands for Task Engine Distributor. Mm-hmm. Basically, it takes the tasks coming out of your WMS or out of your ERP to create the tasks and distribute them to the to what I call the most available driver. And we can have, you know, mm-hmm. lots of definitions around what most available means, but it's basically creating a pool of workers who are most available, and then assigning it to the appropriate worker. And that's where AI comes into place as well, because what Mm. AI will do is then give you a good estimation as to how long this task should take. And then secondly, who best to give this task to? Who really knocks this task out of the ballpark? And also, as well, provides all sorts of analytics so that you can continually refine your model and start holding these all these workers accountable. I'm not saying warehouse workers are lazy. No, they're really hardworking guys. Yeah. It's just a question of how do we reduce the travel time, which, as you know, Kevin, is makes up for as much as 50% of a warehouse oh, worker's yeah. time. If you can reduce that by 25%, that's a huge gain right there. Yeah. So, And you can't do that unless you know where people are. So the second technology that, TED uses, as well as RTLS, our real-time locating system. So with that awareness of where people are in the facility, we now have the final missing piece that allows us to properly allocate tasks and decide who's truly available to do a task. Like I said, you know, mm-hmm. if you have a half, half a million square foot warehouse and you give the task to Joe who is that at the other end of the warehouse, he's not going to be able to do that. You know, yeah. Or he could be taking a bathroom break or, or, or some sort of you know, lunch break or whatever, and he or she won't be able to do that because they're just not physically available or in the, or in the right area.
0: We'll be back after a quick break. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, yeah, and I I think you touched on a lot of pain points certainly that are there for you know existing WMS or, or older WMS systems, and you know I certainly have felt a lot of them in in my experience and in my career as well. I mean, you know, the, talking about you know not having kind of that that visibility into to how long are are certain tasks actually taking. I mean, it, it's you know on the surface it, it may not seem like such a a big deal but then when you start to you know pick apart your your processes and you're trying to understand well how long is it actually taking somebody to you know do this and you know your your business change changes over time right you change layouts you change the way your your product is packaged you you know maybe you have new product it's it's heavier than some of the older product it takes longer to to lift and and put on a pallet and, and pick and all these different things and if you can't have that kind of granular visibility into those details of, you know, how long is each pick actually taking somebody and, you know, what are those individual steps doing? Then it's, it's hard to to quantify that. And I, I think it's hard to, and I've kind of had this debate in my previous roles as well with people where it's like, well, you know, how do we know that it's actually 21 lines an hour? I mean, it, it's, you know, like how we can't tell like how long it's actually taking somebody to to pick on on average because we don't have that detail level. Like we just know at the end of the day they pick this many lines and they work this many hours. So I guess that's the average, right? But if you start to break it down and look at it and, and look at those different things, I think that goes such a long way to being able to, like you said, and make huge impacts in your your efficiency and your your productivity. You know, cutting that travel time by. You know, 25%, uh, I mean, that's that's a huge, huge gain, especially, you know, as we look at more fast-paced and, and higher-volume situations where, you know, like e-commerce and, and all different types of things, I mean, it, it can make huge, huge impact. So it's it's great that you guys are, are taking that approach and, and looking yeah. at it. And I think the, you know, the one big thing that I'm, I'm hearing from you and, and seeing here is, so you know, you kind of go back to that example where, You know, Joe gets a couple sales orders and, you know, the the pick list. And like you said, like he's going to sort through and he's going to pick one that's maybe he thinks is the the easiest first and, you know, work his way up to the the hardest one or the, the longest one. Because you know he had he had a late night last night, and you know he wants to wants to ease into his day right <laughs> or something like that it's a, it's a Monday, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a Monday, right, and so we want to start off a little slow so but you know, I think that thing like you said or or even you know the employee that you know as you said i mean they're they're working hard, certainly, but even the employee who has the the best intention is thinking like oh, I'll do the the shorter one first because I can get it to the dock sooner but then maybe that shorter one well it doesn't even have to ship technically until like tomorrow morning but i got a a bigger one that's got to get out the door by like four o'clock this afternoon and now i'm starting that at one o'clock in the afternoon when i could have started at like 9 a.m or something and you know looking at those types of things and and being able to give that priority and prioritization to the employee without them really have to think about it or or the AMR or AGV I think can go a long way in in improving those types of things so so tell us a little bit about cuz you you've deployed Ted now the task engine distributor and I like I like Ted I think it makes it definitely a friendly system approachable definitely <laughs> well, I use
1: that little teddy bear from that movie Ted right <laughs> I was guy.
0: thinking about that actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, so, so you deployed this now. You deployed Ted now in in one customer. So, tell us a little bit about how how that's going and how that's kind of changed their operation and, and the way that they do things.
1: Yeah, it was. You know, no, I'm not exaggerating, but the mm-hmm. system went in very quickly. I mean, we've been selling WMSs and integrating WMSs into different ERPs for. You know, decades now, and this what this project was very straightforward because basically all all we had to do I use the word quotes all we had to do mm-hmm. was monitor what was happening. In this case, they are a manufacturer with a warehouse, monitor what was happening on the factory floor, and that data mm-hmm. is already there. So it's just now a question of what are the so-called task triggers associated with the various lines. In this case, they had over 30 production lines. And for each line, we created different criteria based on the capacity of each line by part as to you know, how many containers it can hold, both in raw materials and finished goods. right? And so what we would then do is just every minute monitor the status of these production lines mm. so that once the container got to a certain level of fullness, at least on the finished goods side, in this case, you know, be it 40% or 50%, we would then create a task and then send it to the appropriate person who is assigned to that area. And they had a pool of workers assigned to a zone which would cover so many work centers. In the past, they were assigning one or two drivers to a specific machine or work center, and now they're able to open it up. And they, they can flex on, on the defi- in terms of defining how big their zones can be, whether it's three work centers or five work centers, it's up to them. And yeah. that would just create a larger pool of workers. So by pooling the workers, they now have more consistency, in terms of service to it, we've eliminated also the need for drive-bys. You know, guys driving by and going, "How are you doing?" Watching the status of the line, and mm-hmm. that took up a large part of their day each day, and that added incredibly to the amount of miles they drove in a, in a particular day. So by monitoring these tasks once they're assigned to drivers we would get the start and stop times as well as their distance traveled and the stats we got coming out of it is pretty incredible we've got you know some drivers doing as much as you know 200 tasks in a day some doing 50 tasks in a day mm. you know and no surprise the guys doing more tasks drive less right but it doesn't necessarily reflect Know a better worker or, or a less capable worker, but what it does do is it leads to rather interesting or great conversations that now management could have to their workers. So I want to give you an example of, of that. Yeah, there is a, a function called put away, which is really just taking finished goods off the line and putting them away into a warehouse area. You know, and the and the workers had us well through their leap leap worker had us put in a function where we would you know stage you know two containers to a a little location just beside the the machines themselves and when it got to two full containers then for us to create the put away tasks mm. right so in other words they would take two containers away to do the put away not one but two and for the simple reason is that they all felt it was more efficient mm. management you know have have long had a a view that that is not necessarily the most efficient way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is that when you pick up you know, two containers stacked on top of each other with your forklift, you now have to, you're now driving it to the warehouse, and now you're looking for a spot that has space for two containers that will fit it. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're stacked on top of each other, so they're not necessarily going into racking sometimes. Yeah. And even if they are going to racking, guess what? Racking only holds one container at a time, right? right. So now, picture this. you got a forklift guy picking up two containers. He's now driving to the warehouse. And now he's got to find a slot that has exactly two spots mm. for those containers. And the chances of that is like less than 50%. So what he invariably does is he puts the two down, takes one, takes one on and off, now yeah. looks for one, and then takes the other one. To so the question now before them is that, are they not more efficient just doing one at a time? Mm. And are they not are they better off taking the one container as soon as it's full and taking it immediately to the warehouse and making it available for shipping. Because they work in a just-in-time environment with one of the large automotive parts manufacturers, holding back an extra container can be the difference between holding up that truck Mm -hmm. and getting it to the line over at the auto parts manufacturer. So needless to say, they've always had this ongoing conversation around what is more efficient. Mm -hmm. So now what they're able to do is say do it my way for a week, do it your way for a week. Well, we already know you're doing it your way. And now we can actually (laughs) compare as to how much more efficient you are in terms of doing it. So they're having a a real proper conversation around, you know, what is the best way to do it and -hmm. not opinionated or, or, or you take away, you know, able to take away a lot of the emotion out of it and just discuss it at a proper level and And the exciting thing for them is they're now able to standardize across the board because if you watch these guys work and they've got you know roughly 20 drivers, they all do things slightly different. right So based on how they were trained, everybody adapts their way of doing things in the warehouse according to the way they prefer. Mm. Right, which may not be necessary best practices. So that's just an example of us being able to get into the weeds with respect to managing those tasks as as well as being able to drive great analytics around how many tasks they're doing, the average time and the distance they're traveling as well. So from a OEE perspective or you know operating equipment efficiency level, we're really able to add to that whole analysis there. So it's certainly made for some interesting conversations and it's oddly enough ted gets very addictive once they once we (laughs) put in the system they're now we now give them a heat map as well as a real-time map of where everybody is in the facility Mm. so you get an idea as to are they all congregating around you know steve because it's going to be bowling night tomorrow night and they're all talking about which (laughs) lights are getting and what the tees are or or it's NBA playoffs, so they will talk about last night's game or whatever, yeah. right? But they get to see that happening in real time because, you know, they, they look out the window and then they look at the map and the two are, are the same. Mm. And for them, for the manager and supervisor, that's very empowering because now they know, you know, where guys are. Mm. And now they know that they should be able to do specific tasks, et cetera. And from a safety perspective as well, now have a history that if there is an accident mm-hmm. in a certain area, they can always do what we call playback and review as to all the all the traffic that occurred in that area where the traf- where the accident may have happened where the accident happened basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know the, the interesting thing about it is that since we put in the system, they went live with it in February there's been no shortage of ideas coming from them. And we just got one this morning that we're working with them today on being able to, now they want to manually create tasks. Mm. As opposed to us automatically creating tasks, they want to be able to add tasks on their own, which is a fundamental basic feature in in WMS systems. Now they want to be able to assign it to a driver or assign it to a person and then track when and how they did that particular task. So it's... It's pretty cool.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, I could see that being useful, especially, you know, I think about when we would do, like, special projects or, or something in, in the, the warehouse. And, you know, we'd want to, like, assign somebody to that for the day. Like, whether we're moving some, some racking around or, or moving the location of, of certain products or something like that. You know, I think it, it's really great that you ha- can have that potential flexibility as well but i I think the the really big takeaway for me is when you talk about the finding the true the true efficiency whether is it you know it's it's two bins or or one bin that they're moving at the same time like what is you know we can finally like end this debate it sounds like they've been having for a long time and i and i think what's really interesting about what you talked about there is the fact that you pointed out that like well in the eyes of the driver right taking two bins at the same time may be potentially more efficient for them but then isn't more efficient for the business overall are we holding up a truck to get out the door because we don't have that that one bin put away yet or or made available into a picking location whatever the, the setup is there and i think being able to now have that visibility into that overall timing of, of how things are lining up and how long the individual tasks are taking, but then also holding up or impacting the time and now connected task um, to that is. I think is such a, a great thing, and like you, you know, you said Ted is addictive. I mean, I could just see myself in there going crazy. Like, oh, we could improve this. We could improve this. We could do this. We could do this. I mean, it, it once you have that visibility and you're able to really see that, you know, you're able to to figure out, okay, like this is where we need to to focus on, and, and this is where we could improve and. And oh wow, we've been doing this, and it, we could do it like so much better in, in this yeah. way. Once you have that data around it and that the visualization as well, so very very interesting stuff. I'm curious on the on the the safety aspect you, you touched on there. So you are able to do that kind of the playback as you as you said, like see you know yes. where was the traffic with the RTLS, but. I mean, does it also take into consideration along with the prioritization of of tasks and and what tasks should be happening and, and who's closest to make that task happen? I mean, does it take into consideration to try and not create congestion in an area at the same time as well?
1: Yeah, so it does, you know, like wayfinding as well so you mm, can okay. you still get the task, yeah. you know but it will then advise the drivers to avoid certain congested areas
0: uh, okay
1: and that's based on so many drivers per aisle or mm-hmm. per access route you know so you may have a rule that says you know if there's three drivers in a route reroute or give a warning to the driver that this is a this is a full area mm-hmm. and to take an alternative route to get to the warehouse or, or whatever you may take place so we're still in early stages there mm-hmm and the, the challenge around, you know, giving Ted specific instructions is that Ted becomes, you know, somewhat one-dimensional in that that's the rule he follows mm-hmm. irrespective. So you have to be almost careful what you wish for. And to, so what I try to encourage your customers to do is just to create simple rules, like a little notice, mm-hmm. three three drivers in, you know, route A, which is typically the route they would they would take to the warehouse and to avoid it mm. and we don't force them not to take it yeah. they may ch- still choose to take it but they'll take another route instead it's almost like you know when you're driving on your gps in your car and yeah. you see all the red lines along the road so that's what we're trying to do as well mm. is let ultimately drivers decide but we're not going to rigidly c- try to control them as to how to best travel mm. you know just another thing happened the other day as well is that sure. you know a customer said to them, you know, hey, we're having troubles with these parts that you're making. It's a new part. They're not up to spec. So what they're able to do is also create what we call an inspection task. Mm. So prior to the product being put away into the warehouse, we're going to enforce an inspection task to be done and send it out to the auditor, their internal auditor, to review and approve those containers before they're actually put away. So that's a task that we can insert right on top. Mm -hmm. And it has to be done before the actual put away itself. So again, another flexibility, they were having to do that manually Mm because that happens spontaneously, you know. Mm -hmm. The automaker would say, hey, we're having a problem with part one, two, three. Please put a check on it. So they'll do it. And now it's a lot easier to maintain with less drama, if you want to call it that.
0: yeah yeah very interesting and i I definitely love the kind of the the flexibility there and also the ability to to do those individual tasks like you were were talking about and and not uh having to rely so much on that that tribal knowledge or or just you know the the experience of the the driver because you know i think with this it kind of it makes the drivers equal in a sense you could say because you you know you don't have like a task where it's like oh this person is a little more experienced, so we'll give it to them. But then, you know, every manager is saying that this same person is a little more experienced, so we'll give them our task. And they end up with, like, the the bulk of the the workload. And then, you know, you're never really getting your other drivers to that that next level. So I I think, like, the way that this would work for that driver kind of... I guess culture and experience growth. I mean, you know, you're you're disseminating it fairly equally, so you know you're going to see kind of everybody getting to or, or being at the same level of, of completion of the task. So, so I, I think that's really interesting as well. And then you also have, you know, you also have for the employee side as well. You know, it's more comfortable for them because. You know they're not feeling like oh I'm uh, I'm getting more work put on me because whatever reason right and you know why isn't this person getting more tasks than me but it, it sounds like the system is gonna kind of handle that for you and the the prioritization and and really make it make sense for for everybody that's involved and then overall the the end goal of the, the operation and the process kind of moving everything and, and working as as one unit so. Very interesting stuff about TED here. And I'm definitely interested to see how it continues to grow, especially as some of these technologies continue to evolve. We know AI is is constantly evolving, right? So I'm sure that'll make the system even more robust as, as time goes on as well. But I, I do want to talk a little bit about your your book before we wrap up here. I know you have a second edition now. So tell us a little bit about the, the update and, and second edition. What, what can we expect in there?
1: Yeah, I mean, as you know, the world changed dramatically over a very short period of time, yes. and I, I, the book came out in twenty nineteen, and you know, then then the world really changed <laughs> a, a year later, and yeah. I said, "Boy, my book really sounds kind of old now," <laughs> you know, like like it's and, and so I I came out with the second edition really to speak to some of the challenges you know warehouses in general were facing due to the things like the pandemic and supply chain disruptions and and changes. And if anything, it heightened the awareness of having, you know, at the very least accurate inventories. But more importantly, where were you in terms of, you know, moving your warehouse forward? Because, you know, two things that became really apparent during the pandemic was, you know, lack of space on the Mm -hmm. warehouse side and lack of workers, you know, both became very scarce. So the challenge was, you know, how do you do with how do you do more with the same amount or in some instances fewer people because mm. during the pandemic Amazon went on a hiring binge yeah. and almost a very, a very available warehouse resource went to work in an Amazon warehouse, you know, and Amazon were paying substantially higher than many other companies. So as a result, you know, the book became more relevant and more and heightened the need for people to improve their processes, but also take a step back and say, where are we going with this warehouse? You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, barcoding and wireless will only take you so far. And so what I reference in the book as well, at least in the second edition, is, you know, Zebra's warehouse maturation process, which you may have seen before, Kevin, it talks about the five stages of warehouse growth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most companies are lucky to get the stage three, which is your your typical WMS with a barcoding or wireless system. Stages four and five, you're getting into the smart warehouse technologies. Stage four is where it's basically creating the task management and stage five is where it, the system is being proactive. So mm-hmm. now you've got an element of AI mm-hmm. working to alter tasks, create new tasks, as well as structure, restructure priorities based on what's happening out on the floor itself. So. The question now becomes, you know, okay, don't stop at stage three where you got your WMS, which is very easy for you know most companies to do. In fact, most of our customers are stuck at stage three and challenging yourselves to go to stage four at the very least and get into the task management because you won't be able to effectively you know, bring in robots and AMRs and AGVs without some sort of task automation on your side, because you've got to be able to new big buzzwords are synchronize and orchestrate the work of your workers with that of these highly automated pieces of equipment which right. as you know don't exactly you know cost a few dollars it costs millions <laughs> of dollars right? yes so 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 if you're going to get the most out of that equipment you've got to synchronize the work of that equipment with that of the humans Right and there's also back a safety aspect of it as well is that you know these drivers need to be told and vice versa need to be told when an AMR or an AGV is in the area mm-hmm. and to basically be aware of that and that's what again what this technology can do. So it's all about a more holistic view of the warehouse and mm-hmm. the role of humans in the warehouse with this coming automation and in light of this you know all the shortages we're having. Interestingly enough, you know, I'm hearing the opposite now is that there's too much inventory in people's warehouses. Yeah. And everybody's <laughs> stocked up like crazy, Yeah, right? And now their, their challenge is how do they manage that inventory, keep it from going stale. And again, it all comes back to your basic inventory principles of inventory turns and, and basically making sure that, you know, you know where everything is. So that way you don't mm-hmm. end up finding stuff in the inventory account and go, oh, damn. You got to throw this out because, you know, it's stale dated now
0: yeah.
1: or whatever. Or be able to have logic in your system that can basically ensure that you're picking certain products, you know, like FIFO yeah. for, their, for their stale date. But nonetheless, you know, there's, there's a lot more pressure on supply chains and warehouses in particular to become more efficient just because, you know, there's shortages everywhere still and as a result of that you just got to get smarter that's why i think ted is um, very relevant for these times
0: all right and very very interesting stuff jeff and i you know i think it's such a good point i mean you know so much changed in in such a short period of time and i think we're we're seeing now and you know especially recently being in promad just all the technology and, and solutions that are coming into play to, to be able to, to help spy chains and, and warehouses operate in a, in a smarter way, including Ted I, I think is a, is a really interesting thing and I think it's a great thing for the industry as well. It's pushing us forward to, to be better and, and to be smarter as you said. So really interesting stuff and, and definitely recommend checking out the book. Uh, your warehouse is not your fridge. Great read, easy read too, I will say which is a good thing always for those that are very busy in the warehousing space. So Jeff, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast again with me and, and talking about uh, TED and, and your book and, and just the smart warehouse in general. If people are interested in learning more about portable intelligence and TED, how can they do that?
1: Well, they can just go to our website, you know, it's portable-intelligence.com and you'll you'll find it under our solutions and uh, yeah, that's the easiest way there and, and my book is also available on Amazon.
0: All right, great. And we'll definitely put all that information at thenewwarehouse.com as well. So, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. You've been listening to The New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com.